everyone, you're listening to Let's See You Succeed. I'm your host, Katie Neal, and this is part two of our business podcast. So if you guys already listened, our first podcast was really focusing on starting a business. This podcast, we're going to talk more about the fact that you already have a business, maybe your current business owner, and just some tips and um, tricks for you guys to succeed. So thanks for listening. This is part two of our business podcast. And with me today is our Jamestown Market President, Nick Schauer. Um, So Nick, thanks for being on this podcast with me again. Um, I just want to dive right in and really focus on some tips for current business owners. So uh, on the first podcast, we talked about, you know, starting that that business and all those tips. But this one, I've, I've already started my business. I've been in a couple years in. Um, I'm doing really good. Say my business has doubled in size um, and I want more money to keep, you know, production along. I think I want to add some more employees. Uh, Nick, what would you think? what would you say would be my first step towards getting additional capital to keep growing my business? So for those of you who listened to our first podcast, I'm going to start with the same answer. It goes back to that business plan. So that business plan is not only when we start, but every year. Okay. Every year. We do it every year. Okay. Uh, We suggest at least looking at it, reviewing it, every year so okay you know end of year is a good time to look at it to review the previous year uh what did we do really really well what do we need to work on what product lines or areas of our business really made money mm-hmm. um, which did not or you know hey this part makes so much money maybe we should focus on that and set everything else to the side so we really again recommend that business plan you know, we've grown. Again, what is our competition in town look right. like or in the area? Um, are we expanding our business footprint? Are we going from business Mandan over to Dickinson? Are we going up to Minot? Um, it sure is exciting when businesses are growing. Um, we just want to make sure that that's sustainable growth mm-hmm. and that we can handle it. Uh, you, you mentioned adding employees. Um, that's a constant challenge, not only nationwide, right? <clears throat> here in North Dakota as well. Do we have the employees, the skilled employees to, to grow that business, to represent your company well mm-hmm. and help you uh, have a good experience for your end, your end customer? What about, say, you know, I, like I said, I'm growing, I doubled my business size, Um but I just don't think I can do all of this alone. And I have a friend who's really talented at this. And so I want to bring him on as a partner to grow my business. What's, what's your thoughts on that? You know, again, a lot of these themes are going to go back to our first one. So legally, how do we do that? Again, I would speak to a lawyer. Um, is this friend or business partner going to inject more capital into the business? Um, you know, what does it look like legally? Okay. Um, that's something that as your lender, I'll need to know and be clear about. Um, we're going to need your new partner's financial information and history as well to show that their strength. Um, so again, it starts with that legal aspect and then showing the, the financial strength of that new person as well. Hmm. Interesting. Um, on the first podcast, we kind of talked about hurdles a little bit, but 
Um, I, I mean, I don't think any of us really like predicted 2020, right. And like the struggles that we might go through, but I think just in general businesses, you don't always, you're never going to predict when you're going to struggle. Right. But sometimes you might hear about it at year, like three, four, five, um, trying to figure out, you know, what the next steps are, um, you know, that newness has worn off or slowed down. How do businesses, how do they avoid that lull in within their business? So all sorts of businesses out there, right? So new restaurant opens up and yeah, everyone says, we got to go try that out. Right. Yep. Um, so are you a business like that, that relies on repeat customers? So what are some ways to stay fresh to say, to get people to want to come back? Um, you know, I remember um, when Krispy Kreme Donuts opened oh, up. The best. They're great. <laughs> um, two years later is when carbs were bad for you, though. <laughs> so course. how do you adapt your business to a changing market? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, too, is a great time, again, to look at what are we good at? Mm-hmm. What are we efficient at? What are we making money um, are we as efficient as we can be? Um, one very positive thing about growth is you can gain some efficiencies. Mm-hmm. So adding a new location, although risky, you know, allows more revenue to come in maybe with the same one CEO. Okay. Um, so where can we gain efficiencies? How do we keep fresh in our market, um, whether that's selling makeup, a bakery, how do we keep people coming back? How do we keep that revenue stream coming? I think you hit on something really interesting. And I I feel like maybe I've noticed it more after, you know, 2020. But I feel like there has been so many more businesses, at least in Bismarck, Mandan and restaurants, especially that have really looked at that. Like you said, that I've looked at that because I've gone into places and I'm like, wow, the menu's really cut down. But then you order, you might order faster because you have less choices. So they get your food out there faster. And then maybe they're only training a cook who only has to know so many things. So maybe that's their way of helping their business survive. They might need less people or less, um, maybe less time training or, or what have you. I mean, I don't own a business, but I've just, I've started to notice those things more that, um, especially with restaurants, you see like, I mean, I kind of like sometimes when a restaurant doesn't have 10 pages because it takes me longer to order and I can't figure out what I want. I'm indecisive. But those that have maybe pared it down to maybe what their their cook skill set is, those might be the ones that succeed, for example. And I think that's incredibly important to talk about, whether it's a restaurant or any other business. But can you find the skilled labor mm-hmm. to do the job that, that needs to be done? Um, there's... Uh, a lack of electricians out there, mm-hmm. plumbers. Um, we're seeing it all the time. Um, we ate in Fargo this weekend, and the restaurant actually closed the next day. Um, oh my so, gosh. you know, we're seeing that across the board, and and much of it has to do with with skilled labor. Um, I admire folks and businesses that say we're good at this, and that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at a restaurant like Raising Canes. They sell chicken strips. I've never even heard of that. And that's all they sell. Their number one meal is one chicken strip with fries. (laughs) Their number two meal is two chicken strips with fries. They found something that's good. 
mm-hmm. and doesn't take a lot of different a big skill set to do mm-hmm. and they've become an incredibly successful company wow you pair that with the against the cheesecake factory which has a like a 30 page menu um, and serves everything from mexican to italian to german to who knows what mm-hmm. those things require different skill sets so can you find a skill set uh, an employee who can do all those things and that's really the the issue that most businesses are having now is is labor. Yeah, and also though supplies, I think is one of the things too. Like you talk about, okay, well needing something um, Mexican food to Italian, that's like way vastly different ingredients and supplies and all that too. And so finding that stuff, I think, is really difficult as well right now. And that's where that leads me to ask, you know, with with risk and what you know, how risky really is too risky when you when you own your own business how risky is too risky and how do you handle that risk management so that's a question that's left up to each individual Um, we have people that want to come in and work 40 hours a week and know what their paycheck is going to be Mm -hmm. and then we have entrepreneurs who are willing to not know what that future is so our job as a, as a lender is to mitigate and try to lower that risk. Okay. Um, you know, you touched on it, and we touched on it in the first podcast, is, you know, what is your product? How are you going to sell it? What does that market look like? Is this a product that only people who own horses are going to buy, or is this a product for the entire community? There's also risk on, with your inputs. Where do you buy your product from? If you only have one person that you can buy it from, that's a lot riskier because they could raise prices on you and you have nowhere to go. If you own a McDonald's, you can only buy, you can only buy the Big Mac from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, now, prices have gone up. Uh, inputs are really high right now. So there's a lot of risk there. And, what do you know? It goes back to knowing your business. What, what are you going to do if you know, the price of wood goes up? Where else are you going to look mm-hmm. to buy something? So, and then what can you do to mitigate that risk? Um, can you, um, you know, in, in grain on a farm, you can hedge against the markets. Right. Um, a local manufacturing place, maybe you can can see that the price of steel is going to go up and maybe they can pre-buy for the year. Um, There's all sorts of different ways that you can lower your risks. Um, But again, that goes back to knowing your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think some of the best people think about what risk might happen and they try to pre-plan for that. And we can't, we'll never be able to predict all of that, but um, just thinking ahead a little bit, I think, and that, going back to what you said in the first podcast, that organization and, um, you know, trying to be organized about things really can help too if you're a current business owner. Um, any other, you know, business advice or or tips that you'd recommend to our listeners who, who might be a current business owner? You mentioned, um, you know, slow times, mm-hmm. or slowing down. And we talked about this in the first podcast as well. To know your business, is it seasonal? You have to save for a rainy day. Right. Um, 
businesses that were successful during COVID were able to weather that storm. Right. Um, so, you know, what do you have planned if things slow down? <clears throat> Unfortunately, that may mean laying off employees. Um, it may be restricting what you're what you're working on or where you're going. Um, so, pre-planning, looking ahead, and thinking about those things are all incredibly important. Yeah, I think that's a really great tip. Anything else you think that a small business owner or somebody, maybe they're in there, um, maybe they've been a business owner, I suppose this, they've been a business owner for a really long time, um, and they, you know, haven't started thinking about retirement yet. What, what might that business plan look like then? So that is, in my estimation, one of the biggest things we see in our farm economy. Okay, yeah. Is no secession plan. Yep. Um, and this is something I saw with my dad and uncle were small business owners. And they got to be 50 years old. They started to look. They got in their 60s and it started to become a bigger deal. Um, luckily, they were able to sell their business and, and get out of it. But... What is the end game? What is your end plan going to be? Um, is this a business that you'd like to sell to the next generation? Mm -hmm. Does the next generation even want to be involved in this business? Um, what are the legal and tax implications of that as well? So while a business plan helps us at the beginning and during the business, that secession plan is incredibly important as well. You've put your life into this business. Um, most of us don't want to work until we're 70 or 80 years old. Mm -hmm. So what's our plan at the end to sell that business, to sell off the assets, to give it to your son or your daughter? Right. Um, those things are all incredibly important, are incredibly stressful. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes rip families apart. Um, so knowing that and having a really good plan um, is really going to save you a lot of stress. Yeah, I think that one is could be one of the hardest ones. Um, you know, my family ranches, and you see that as people, as my brother get, gets into ranching and, you know, my dad is older and stuff like that. And that's something a lot of people don't want to think about too, I think is the other thing. Like you don't want to think about a will. You don't want to think about a succession plan. You don't want to like, cause we're, you know, we're invincible and we, we think we have all this time all the time. Um, and so I think too, as I think it's important depend, you know, not even on your age, but just as you, you could be in your thirties and have a business. It's important to think about those things and who would take it over should something happen to me or should I decide, you know, should I get hurt and I can't do this? Or I decide like, this is no longer the route for me. Who, who can take it over and who would be the right fit for this? And um, like I said, those aren't things that most of us like to think about, but it is really important. We, we see that a lot too, especially when there's one or two people that drive a business, mm -hmm. um, especially for our smaller businesses. And so not only thinking about the end of that business career, but what happens when you need to get your knee replaced? Right. Or what happens when you take that deserved vacation to Hawaii? Mm -hmm. You know, how does your business operate when you're not there? And so we see that mistake made a lot too, where there's 
there isn't training, there isn't getting that next person because, well, that's that's a responsibility I do. Right. Well, again, you go in for surgery. Um, you want to take a vacation. How does your business keep running? So we see that mistake quite a bit as well, especially the smaller a business gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just a really important one um, to kind of end on and, and wrap up. You know, there's there's all these tips and advice and even mistakes, you know, we've shared on this podcast that hopefully our listeners can can learn from and can think of whether they own, you know, a small cattle operation or a bakery or hair salon or what have you, um, or maybe you own a really big business. I think there's always something that you can learn from from somebody else and especially you and your role as a lender you have probably seen it all and so I think it's just important to note too that if you have these questions or um, you know go ask your lender and ask them that's what they're here for that's what they're you know there to help you with they're not just there to help you get a loan and say see you later good luck um, I mean here especially at FCCU like you said earlier we want to see you succeed and we want to keep that relationship and to to see your little business that you started and we help you start to be growing and thriving. And so um, when you have those questions about succession or how to help grow your business or you have questions with your business plan, um, go see your lender, see your lawyer, see the Small Business Association, seek out those resources to help you grow and, and continue your business. And I think I learned a lot today for sure. So... Thank you very much for being on the podcast and sharing your knowledge. Um, this was really fun. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, this was Let's See You Succeed. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is subject to change. 